0: hello everyone and welcome to the secret birds podcast and today we have a very special guest for podcast number four and her name is pat duckworth hello pat hi joanne how are you doing today i am very well thank you very happy to have you on our program today i can't wait to hear all your views on age and entrepreneurship. So today, Pat is going to give us wonderful insight into the topic of am I too old to be an entrepreneur? So Pat, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you got into entrepreneurship.
1: Well, I I wasn't born an entrepreneur and there was no entrepreneurship in my family. Everybody had been in sort of public service. And so I left school and went straight to work and um, I had aspirations, you know, so I qualified as a a chartered surveyor. I was out there valuing and inspecting properties, but working Ah. in the public. Yeah, okay. you did not know that about yeah, me. Yeah,
0: because I had, I had a very long career in that field, so it's interesting to hear you say that. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I worked in, uh, for government doing that, and um, I gradually worked my way up. I really enjoyed the technical work, and then you know what happens? You then get into managerial work, and from managerial, I then moved into doing corporate work, so I started doing customer services, and I was moving my way up the ladder, and I really wanted to become a senior civil servant. That was my big okay. aspiration. Okay, okay. And um, so after 30-odd after years, I got to be a senior civil servant working in a big government department. And, okay. um, you know, I'd arrived, yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, I was working in central London and I was walking to work one morning and I was walking through one of those beautiful London parks and I could see uh, Buckingham Palace in the distance and I could hear Big Ben and it was all beautiful and I was crying. Mm. I was crying on my way to work and that is not a good sign. Oh, wow. You were obviously unhappy. I was unhappy because having got to where I thought I wanted to be, it wasn't as good as I'd expected it. You know, I got to my pinnacle and looked around and the view wasn't that great. I was working for somebody who didn't really respect what I did or my values. um, And I wasn't really enjoying the work. I had a good team, I had a beautiful office, but it just wasn't working out for me and so many of us
0: so many of us have been I've been in that situation and I know so many people that have you you work hard towards something that you think you want and then once you get there you realize okay this isn't what I want and it, it kind of hits you in the face
1: yeah and it's really fortunate if it hits you in that kind of a way rather than you becoming ill or anxious or you know some people just don't listen to the early warning signs and they start to get so sick with literally sick with mm-hmm. not being where they want to be mm-hmm. but i listened to the warning signs and i came home and said to my husband i don't know how much longer i can do this and he said fine i think you're right you know um so i said i'm going to find something else and just see where it takes me and I'd been interested in neuro-linguistic programming for a while. I I, I guess you're aware of that, you know, this whole model of...
0: NLP, NLP, yes, yes. Yes. Um,
1: And uh, a friend of mine had been studying it for years and had trained with this institute, the Quest Institute, and she said, I think you'd really enjoy it. So I signed up to train with them, and that was going to start in October, and this was around June time. So I'd got a little while to wait. I was still, I knew I was going to keep working and I would study in my spare time. You know, this was going to be a weekend course and I would just see where it led me. Right. And then the universe rewarded me for taking the first step. And the next thing I knew there was an early retirement scheme at work and I was in my mid fifties. So I qualified for early retirement, providing they approved it. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, I skipped home and said, "Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go for this." And again, my husband supported it. He said, "Yeah, you've got to move on." And can and we just can
0: we just highlight how important that is? Your husband, your partner, supported you, and that's very, 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 very important.
1: It is important. Um, it's important that somebody recognises, firstly, that you need to do something new, and that they're willing to come on that journey with you. Because I was earning good money you Mm. know and that was important to our household Mm -hmm. Um, but my husband knew that that wasn't everything you know if I if I was really that unhappy what was the point of it all so having somebody who's supportive of you you're absolutely right it's just so important yeah it is so um, in went my application and really strangely, as somebody that, uh, who was managing me at the time, well, I say managing me, if only mm. he could, uh, <laughs> he, he put, <laughs> Are you, uh, were you, were you unmanageable, Pat? (laughs) No, not at all. No, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm just a dream to work with anyway. um, (laughs) But so this wasn't the guy who'd been really very difficult for me. This was somebody that I was now just working alongside and he he just saw what I was doing and said, I'm going for that too. And the two of us both got, our early retirement and we had to work about another two months and we became unbearable. We, we spent so much of our time laughing that we, because
0: <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs>
1: we were so happy. We used to have to go and sit in breakout areas and have a cup of coffee together to get it out of our system. <laughs> so um, I'd started my NLP course by then and By the time I got to month three of my NLP course, I'd retired. I was at home and starting to develop, you know, what I was thinking I might do. And I thought, well, I'm going to set up in business for myself once I've qualified. So seven months later, uh, I'd qualified and I set up as a cognitive hypnotherapist. And that was the start of my entrepreneurial journey. And that was seven years ago now.
0: Wow, so that's, that's where you were then and this is where you are now. So tell yeah. us a bit about the work that you do, the service that you offer, and, and who do you serve? Who, who comes to Pat for, for her service?
1: Well, when I started out, you know, I wasn't really focused. It was all just about who who needs help, who needs help with anything that's stopping them from being who they want to be, whether it's a phobia or a fear or they want to lose weight or stop smoking, you know, all the things that you associate with hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. But as time went on, I decided to specialize more into women at midlife, Uh, Firstly, into the whole issue of of menopause, because I think a lot of women, they don't know a lot about menopause. It comes as a bit of a surprise to them, and Uh suddenly their body and their emotions are doing weird stuff, and they don't know what to do about it. Mm. So I started to specialize into that area, and I wrote my first book, which was called Hot Women, Cool Solutions, Ah. Yeah. (laughs) so it was to say to women you know if you need if you're having really terrible symptoms you want to go off and take HRT hormone replacement therapy and it's okay just make Mm -hmm. sure you understand the benefits and the risks of it Mm -hmm. Uh, but but if you want to do something different there's a whole load of other options that you've got okay so that's the sort of stage where I started working at midlife and then I realized that women go through other changes at midlife and, you know, just what we were saying that so many women get to that stage and they're not happy with their lives. Mm. You know, it's not, perhaps their body is signaling to them that time is passing and it's, you know, we can't, we can't just hang around and, and wait to see what we're going to do when we grow up. You know, we're grown up now and it's time to do that thing that you really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so, so many women start to make career changes or, you know, some kind of change of direction. Um, yeah. so I started looking more into that. And you and I met in, in Delhi this year, but I was there yes, last we did. year. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. what But <laughs> I was yeah. there last year as well. And when I um, signed up to go, which was back in November 2015, I thought, well, i I. I don't really want to talk about menopause i want to talk about this whole change thing and what goes on um so as you do i thought i'll write another book and i wrote uh, hot women rock how to discover your midlife entrepreneurial mojo um, just to firstly to set out a, a model for how you can use your brain to make that change and secondly to tell other women's stories because so many women were telling me these midlife stories. Mm. And so I gathered those together so that I could put the book in two halves, one to tell you how to get your brain in the right place. And the other one to say, and look, all these women have done it. It's not just you that's thinking about this. Exactly.
0: Yes. Yes. You know, can I just intervene with a quick question? Mm. Um, I don't want to stop the flow, but I I just thought of something that I, I, I would like to get your thoughts on. Why do you think this happens to so many of us as women. I mean, for some of us, it happens when we're younger, midlife, a bit older. What is it that, have we bought into an idea that isn't real? Have we, you know, I always say we've swallowed a pill that that's not good for us. What do you think it is that happens that so many women get to a point in their lives where it just hits them in the face, I'm unhappy, I'm miserable, I don't want to do this anymore. What is that
1: about? I, I think there's a lot of reasons um, and I've had this discussion several times with women recently hmm. that I think initially, you know, we can't ignore our biological clock mm-hmm. and, and the hormones that are in our system. Mm-hmm. And I think women are more in touch with time than men are because we've got a weekly, uh, a monthly cycle. Yeah. We're kind of tuned into time passing yeah. and so we don't just we don't ignore the fact that time is moving on and if we wanted to do something we've got to grab it and do it so right. i think in the early part of our lives perhaps we're sort of in, in tune with that biological clock and women put their energy and their time into building relationships and you know building a nest and having their children I mean, I didn't have my son until I was in my mid-30s, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it just depends when you make that decision, if you make that decision. Um, So if you've been through that and you put a lot of your time and your energy into other people, Mm. then I think as you notice that you're getting older, you start to think, well, what was it that I wanted to do? And then that can lead to a change in priorities, more of a... Um, uh, an understanding of what your purpose and your vision is and then you know taking action to achieve it and I think you know some of the triggers for that there's all sorts of different triggers it might be children growing up and leaving home it might be seeing your partner doing really well in their career and thinking well what happened to mine Mm. it might be You know, that suddenly you turn around and you think, well, I'm not going to be able to retire until I'm 70. I want to do something that I'm going to enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And it can be one of these catastrophic kind of something going really wrong with your health, with your physical health. Yes. Or your mental health.
0: Or divorce.
1: Absolutely.
0: Or a a child dies or something. Yeah. All of
1: these. Very drastic. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody said to me, you really don't want to get to that moment when... Uh, life hits you around the head with a four by two to get your attention. You know, you, yeah. you want to pay attention before it, it gets to that point. So, Or, or yeah. you,
0: a, a typical one is you get fired from your job, a job that you hated anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think sometimes people wish that they could get fired because they don't want to make that decision. You know, they're relying on the money coming in, they're not happy, but they just think, oh, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. And they almost want to be fired or made redundant. But, yeah. you know, it's really better to make your own decision about all that. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, thank you so much for,
0: for touching on that because I wanted to get your view. So if you don't mind, you continue telling us about your business,
1: please. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's um, so, yeah, I've worked Hot Women Rock and I'm really interested now in bringing these two halves of the story together that if you want to make a change you've got to have your mind and your body in the right place you know so women so many women get into those years before menopause they're not feeling themselves they're They're losing their confidence. They might not be sleeping so well. Mm. And, you know, I love working with those women to get their bodies and their minds in the right place and then to have this discussion with them. Well, what is it you really want to do now that you're, you're feeling well? Where is this taking you? Do you need to move on and, um, uh, you know, find something new to do? So it's that whole journey through midlife that that really fascinates me. So women who, you know, they might be already quite successful, but they're not satisfied. They're not feeling right. They want to move on. Those are the women that I really love working with.
0: Great. Great, 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 great. And Pat, you've got four books. You've written four books. Is that correct?
1: I have. So Hot Women cool Solutions was the first one. And then I thought, well, men need to understand a bit more because we've already talked a bit about supportive partners and and women who are supported in this stage of life have a much better experience. So I wrote um, How to Survive Her Menopause to explain to men what was going on. And uh, then I realized, you know, there's a lot to do with our nutrition that's really important at this stage, but I'm not a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. So I worked with a a nutritionist to write cool recipes for hot women to, you know, just explain a bit about what nutrition we need to really support our bodies at this stage and to give some really practical recipes and to explain what those recipes were doing for our bodies. So that was the third book before I moved into Hot Women Rock.
0: Okay, Hot Women Rock, which is how to discover your midlife entrepreneurial mojo. Yeah. So how, how does one discover their midlife entrepreneurial mojo?
1: <laughs> well, as I say, I, it's, The model that I use is looking at using your whole brain. You know, our brain doesn't function at one level. It functions on a hierarchy of levels. You could look inside your head. There's all these different levels running from, if it was an organization, there'd be the chief executive at the top all the way down to the filing clerks and the cleaners at the bottom, you know. And when you want to change an organization, if it's going wrong, You need to start at the top and work all the way down. So the very top level of our brain function is when we start to understand our purpose. And our purpose takes us outside of ourselves to something that's bigger, a vision that's bigger than just me. Mm. And once you start to tune into your purpose, what it is you feel would really make a difference that's when you start to energize your mojo. You've got to do all the other bits in between. You've got to get all the staff on board, but you really need to start with that sense of purpose. And
0: how do you find
1: purpose? That's that's the
0: big question.
1: How do you find out? Do you think there's just
0: everyone has one purpose? Do we have multiple purposes? And how do you find out what that is?
1: You know, some people, I think, are are born with knowing what their purpose is. And when I was writing Hot Women Rock and I was talking to these other women entrepreneurs, some of them knew from a really early age, you know, that perhaps it was something to do with the life that they were living or something they were learning. You know, one of my writers, for her, it was around dealing with difficult people, um, mm. because she was li- living in a family where there were really difficult people. And yeah. she thought that she, she was learning so much, even when, you know, before she was 10 years old, she thought she really got to do something to help other people with this. Mm. Um, and then, you know, a- another one, another of my writers, um, she discovered her purpose much later in life. She thought she knew it was something around helping other women, Mm. um and so you might get this vague sense of I want to do something in this area you know um and and then she um she'd had a very difficult first marriage then she found you know when she moved on from that and she found the love of her life and then uh, only a few years later he died of cancer wow and she realized then it wasn't just about um, helping women generally. There was something around supporting women through this kind of grief and, and finding themselves and developing themselves. So he was
0: a part, he, he and, and, and him dying was a part of her finding her purpose. He came into yeah. her life to to help her with that. Even, and albeit that, it was short. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And that is exactly how she frames it, Joanne. She hmm. says... He, he came into my life so that I would understand this and that I could help other women. And I thought, wow, that is such a powerful thing to say. Yeah. And she took that as, you know, that she had those few really happy years with him. And then now she's using that to help and support other women. Definitely. I mean, this, this week I've just, you know, I see clients one-to-one and I saw a very young client who is just suffering from a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. And, and I always ask my clients, you know, if you had a purpose, a reason to be here, what would it be? Mm. And, of course, for some children, nobody's ever even introduced them to anything that's outside of themselves, something bigger. Yeah, but, yeah. But she said to me, it's something around helping other people to smile. And I thought how how beautiful is that to get to kind of ten years old and and to know there's something around helping other people to smile? Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, sometimes you're born with it, sometimes you discover it along the way. And there are exercises that you can do. I mean, within the book, I talk about things that you can do to help you develop that sense of purpose. And one of them is, well, what would you like written on your gravestone? You know, would it be Your
0: epitaph, yeah, what would it read? Yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. What would be the thing that you'd be so proud of if that was written there? And then you think, okay, working back from that, so what does that mean about what I want to do? You know, who I want to be in this life, you know? How can I achieve that? So, you know, there's lots of exercises that you can do around really discovering your purpose. And somebody said to me the other day, oh, this whole purpose thing, is it real? She said, my husband sometimes says, If, if everybody lived their purpose, we wouldn't get any cutlery made or dinners done. Well, no, because some people's purpose is, is very practical. They want to design something. They want to make lives different in a different way. It doesn't have to be that whole global vision thing. It can just be that thing that makes you feel really proud and satisfied that you've contributed in some way.
0: It could be just raising happy children
1: it could be absolutely it it
0: doesn't have to be you know i think sometimes people associate purpose with healing the world and Mm. it, it doesn't have to be big grandiose visions it's just about you i i personally think purpose is really about figuring out who you are and what you want and what your place is in the world. And I know that sounds really heavy, but I think that's a big part of it. I I feel like you can't can't get to your purpose without knowing a bit about who you are. And I think knowing who you are is something that we're not taught that as children. Um, We're not, I, I guess, depending on what kind of family you come from, most of us aren't really taught that. And I think we you kind of have to grow into that and figure that out and it's it 's a process it 's a bigger process and I think through that we we find we find out who we are i don 't know what we want, and that 's somehow connected yeah. to this this purpose this okay now i 've figured this out, I think this is what I should be doing and like I said it could be it could be simple it could be I want to work with elderly people and I want to spend time doing that it doesn 't have to be i 'm going to go out there and start a global nonprofit that you know does this, this, that, and the other.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you've raised a really important point here because the next level of brain function down from your your chief executive, your purpose, the next level is your identity and who you think you are. So you mm. absolutely hit that. You know, under the CEO, we've got your kind of, you know, your top manager, and that is your identity, because your identity controls all these other levels down from it. So when I was working in the civil service, I had this really strong identity as a director, you know, and a director working in public service, so helping other people, um, but really strongly identifying with that role. And when I decided to become an entrepreneur, that's a different identity. Mm -hmm. it's got some of the same purposes wrapped up in it you know this thing about helping and supporting other people but it's a different identity and when you move from the thing you're doing into the new thing it can really disrupt your sense of identity Absolutely. absolutely so you know i went from having a team, having an office, having Big Ben outside the window, you know, my identity was all wrapped up in that. So the first day that I was at home, working, studying to become a, a hypnotherapist, and I had to go and buy my sandwich down from the local shop, I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? Because I disrupted that sense of my identity. And so many of us
0: attach our self-esteem to what we yes. do, what
1: we do, as opposed to who we are.
0: Yes. So I'm a kind, loving, gracious person is generally not where we get our self-esteem from. It's usually I am a director. Yes. And, uh, and that is who I am. And um, good or bad, people have different perspectives on that. But I think that creates this sense of, like you said, this loss. Like, oh, okay, I don't do this anymore. So I've got, I, I know yeah. I'm no longer this person. I have no identity. And so many people become depressed and they lose themselves and, and all sorts of things because they're so attached to this identity,
1: you know? Yeah, because it's a very high-level brain function and it's controlling all this other stuff. So if you're going to change what you're doing, be prepared to grieve a bit for your old identity. Mm. You know, don't just dismiss it because this has been controlling a lot of your actions for a number of years. You might have a really strong identity about, around being a mother. Mm. and then you move off to starting your own business, well, you're not going to stop being a mother, but it's going to now be less important than this new identity, and you've got to be prepared for how that makes you feel Mm. and gradually develop, you know, from being... From, you know, when you introduce yourself to people, you're kind of introducing your identity to them. Mm. So, when I first changed my career and, and I became a hypnotherapist, I would say, when people say, Oh, what, what do you do? And I say, Oh, I'm a hypnotherapist. I used to be a director. You know, it was like my old identity was so much more important that I couldn't let it go. Yeah. And it was almost like I couldn't quite accept my new identity. Right. But now I'm really comfortable with my new identity. And um, I now say I'm a midlife mojo motivator. Ah, I love that. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So, um, you know, and if if somebody doesn't give that any prestige, that's their problem. It's not my problem. You know, I'm I'm hanging in there with this with this identity.
0: Right. And do you think purpose, uh, just as human beings evolve with time, you know, you want different things at different stages in your life. Do you think that's the same with purpose? You, what your purpose in your twenties may be different to your purpose in your thirties and you may shift gears a bit, or do you think, um, I guess multiple purposes, or do you think it's generally that one thing?
1: I think there's an underlying purpose that we have. Okay. um, but you know, if we move down from identity and you're leading this, you're leading me into this so beautifully. The uh, next level down you. from I Id- <laughs> with you, it's just an easy conversation, that's all with you. <laughs> <laughs> so the next level down from your identity are your values, the things mm. that you think are important, and these work subconsciously. All of the time, unless you've done this work, you don't even know what your values are. And again, you'll have core values that stay with you all of your life, but you'll have other values that change. So when you're younger, there'll be a value around, you know, progressing in your career, making money, finding your mate, you know, whatever it is. You're going to have some important stuff around that. But you're going to have core values and they're going to be things around, you know, whether you love learning or whether you're a sharer or a carer or, you know, uh, whether you've got a love of beauty or nature. And those sorts of core values will sit there all of the time and these other ones will be operating at different stages of your life. So you don't even know that they're sitting there, but every time you've got to make a decision, your brain refers to your values and goes, is this more important than that?
0: Oh wow, okay. So, uh,
1: and as I say, you don't know it's operating, your unconscious makes decisions before the words come out of your mouth. And because your brain already knows what your values are. So you might be laying in bed in the morning, and you think, shall I get up and go for a run or shall I have another half an hour? Mm. And your brain is already making that decision. It goes, oh, well, we've got a really strong value around keeping fit, staying then, Yeah, we're getting up. And then you go, I'm going to get up. Mm. Or you might have a really high value around just relaxing and, you know, chilling out. And your brain says, now nah, let's just stay here. And you don't even know that that's operated in your brain. And you might even find yourself getting out of bed and thinking, oh, when did I decide that? Because you didn't realize that your subconscious had already made that decision. Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) So this is really, yeah, this is really important when you're going into your business is to really get in touch with what your values are. Because otherwise you can end up doing stuff and then it's not really feeding what you think is important particularly if you go into partnership with somebody else and they've got different values and then you get into well why do i feel uncomfortable in this situation and you're just not satisfying what you want to do
0: yeah yeah so now let's talk about the 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 question (gasps) is there such a thing as being too old to be an
1: entrepreneur Pat. Definitely not. <laughs> okay. Okay. In fact, I, you know, before I go on to talk a bit more about this, when we were in Delhi, I met up with a lady who I met there last year, an Indian woman who's been very successful as an academic. And um, she's retired now, but, you know, she's a really wonderful woman. And she said to me, I'm so inspired, Pat. I'm going to do some, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. Now she must be in her early seventies now. Um, but you know I know people older than that who've just seen an opportunity and gone for it but mm. I think what's what's really interesting is that there's a trend in this that in the UK the economy took a real downturn in 2008 and since then I haven't got the statistics on me but I think there's a, there's been about 1.2 million more entrepreneurs more self-employed people Mm. And the trend is for more women becoming entrepreneurs and for more older women becoming entrepreneurs. Mm. So twenty percent of people over fifty are now self-employed in the UK. And that's a higher proportion than any other age group. So that's good news. We're 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 getting more entrepreneurial as we get older. But the other good news is that older entrepreneurs are more successful than younger entrepreneurs. Really? Let's talk about that a little bit. I know. Um, So 70% of businesses started by people in their 50s survive for at least five years. Mm. At least five years. Only 28% of those started by younger people last that long. So it's not only that we're enjoying becoming entrepreneurs, we're more successful as well. So. Mm. why not really and that's the UK but there's a very similar trend in the United States as well Um, and even in what you would think of as the area for younger people technology companies um, there's twice as many um, people over 50 involved in that as under 25 so you know just because something is involved in technology doesn't mean it's for younger people. Older people are getting more involved in that too.
0: Yeah, okay. And you said in, your, um, in the interview, when we asked you what are the challenges um, that some midlife entrepreneurs face, one of the challenges you mentioned was um, acquiring new skills and capabilities. Why do you think that's something that, that this particular group faces more so than any other?
1: Because things are, uh, changing so rapidly now and yeah. so you know that is a challenge and I've heard so many people go oh I can't be bothered to learn this I can't be bothered to learn that sometimes I mean my son is is 30 and sometimes I say to him oh do you know how to do this on Facebook or on this or that and he goes I don't know mom I, I learned when I was like 18 I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't keep up with it I think I know more how to do things than he does, mm. um, but you know, being an entrepreneur isn't just one set of skills. So when I decided to do what I do, the first thing I had to learn were the technical skills how to be a hypnotherapist. So I had to go off and retrain. Right, and you know, whatever it is you're going to do, unless you're well, even if you're making a new product, you've got to get the technical skills in order to do that. So right. that's that first set of skills is the kind of how of you're going to do it. And if you're going to be a therapist or work with people, you're going to need some sort of qualification in order to get insurance and in order to be doing it properly. So whatever you're going to do, you've got to get your technical skills. And then you've got to get the managerial skills. If you haven't had them before, you've got to learn how to run your business, how to do the bookkeeping, how to do the time management. Perhaps you're going to have to learn some some skills around spreadsheets and you know all of that sort of thing so as well as the technical you've got the managerial skills and then the entrepreneurial skills which is really entrepreneurs have a vision of what it is they want to achieve and they've got to be able to interpret that not only for themselves but for their clients and for other people who might back them, you know, if they need money, finances, they're going to have to be able to interpret their vision so that practically other people can buy into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, they've really got to um, have that staying power, you know, to back up that dream. They've got to be resilient to bounce back when other people don't share that dream. And yeah. also be able to learn when things don't go right. Stuff doesn't go right, you know. If it did, we wouldn't learn anything. Absolutely. But when something doesn't go the way you want, you've got to be able to learn from it and move on. Definitely.
0: And I think what um, what's really aim, what's really 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 important that midlife entrepreneurs. Um, bring to to the entrepreneurial experience is that they've got a lot of knowledge and ideas and they've got backgrounds in all sorts of interesting interesting things. So they bring a lot to the table already. I mean, granted, you know, they may not be up to par well some of them may not be up to par with technology, but that can be taught, that can be learned. But when you're in your midlife, you've probably done so many things. You may have worked inside of a company or inside of um, uh, a public branch or whatnot. So you bring so much to the entrepreneurial space you've got a wealth of knowledge and I think that's something that we don't discuss often when we talk about midlife entrepreneurs it's usually oh well I have to start over again or you know I'm not ready or I'm not sure but it, you you have so much that you can offer I think it's more about how do you package this all together really nicely so that you can offer something great to to your um, potential customers
1: yeah that's right and you know, particularly I would say to women and women who've spent time at home and bringing up their children Mm. is don't dismiss the skills that you've got. Because if you've been managing a household, you've got budgeting skills, financial skills, you've probably been You've developed taxi skills just running the kids about all over the place. Most of us as parents have, uh, you know, spent a lot of time in our cars running kids backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. You've got negotiation skills. You've learned Mm -hmm. how to negotiate. You've probably got a really great network of contacts that you've built up while you've been at home. Mm -hmm. So don't dismiss your skills. Sit and think about it. Do a bit of a skills audit and think, you know what, I can do this. You know, you might have been helping the kids with their homework on it so you've got it skills don't okay. dismiss what you've already got that you can transfer into your business
0: i'm glad you brought that up because i i've i've got friends whose moms have never worked they've never worked mm. outside of the home obviously worked inside the home and their children grew up and then there's a sense of okay i i don't know what to do and they're very they've, they've got insecurities and low self-esteem because they've never really done anything out of the house so it's very difficult to to get their moms to to leave the house or to engage in different activities and again that has to that's a self-worth thing because they kind of feel like well i've just been at home or i've only been a stay-at-home mom and i think um there's so much that you can i mean i'm not a mom myself yet but i think there's so much that you do as a mother like you just said that you can bring to whatever enterprise it is that you're trying to build and you shouldn't discredit yourself. But I think it's mainly the society. I think sometimes society sends mixed messages. You know, if you're at home, oh, you know, on one end you're, you're this great woman taking care of your family, but then on the other end, oh, well, you're not doing anything, you know? And then if you go out and you yeah. work, if you go out and you work, oh, well, you should be at home with your children. Oh, you're a superwoman. So I think you maybe you've got to ignore the society and just kind of focus on your skills. And everyone's got a skill. Everyone's got something that they're good at and that they're talented, that, a talent that they were born with. And I think whether you're at home for 20 years with your kids or whether you've been working in a corporate environment, everyone's got something they can bring to the table as an
1: entrepreneur yeah absolutely it's just so important to recognize the skills that you've got and to not accept other people's beliefs about who you are and what you can do you know other people will say stuff to you that's their stuff it's not your stuff you know be prepared just to send that back to where it came from yeah and I think you know if you think that you haven't got the skills and you haven't got any money to acquire the skills. I think there's lots of business opportunities that will train you. You know, a lot of network marketing now, Mm -hmm. those companies provide amazing training. Now it might not be what you want to do in the long run, but if you get into one of those companies, you will receive a lot of training and a lot of support to build up your skills while you're finding out what you do want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: So tell us a little bit more about some of the resources that midlife entrepreneurs can tap into to help them. Some, maybe some free, in addition to your, your resources as well, but um, maybe some of the freebies that they may be able to start off with.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's really worth um, doing some, doing your research on the internet, because there's a lot of learning opportunities out there that are either at no cost or, you know, that are available at very low cost. So something like Udemy, uh, U-D-E-M-Y, has right. a lot of uh, low cost courses on it. And of course, you can do them in your own time, in your own space. So you know, if you're worried about how much time you've got, you know, not being able to travel somewhere, you know, you can pick up courses in that way. Um, And, you know, tap into the friends and contacts that you've got. And can you do some kind of swap with them to learn something? When I was starting out, I did a lot of skills swaps with other people Mm. in order to learn from them and, and give them something back in this sort of cycle of of reciprocity where you know you're all coming out with learning something but there's yeah. lots of video on online that you can have a look at some organizations will offer a free one day training just as part of their marketing mm. um so certainly i you know i've been to one day coaching sessions that were offered for free uh, just because they were marketing and Um, They wanted to get as many people to come along and, and learn from them as possible. So again, you know, don't stop yourself by thinking I haven't got the time, I haven't got the money, I haven't got the resources. If you want to do it enough, you can go out and find them. And there's lots and lots and lots of
0: information and resources out there. But now tell us, Pat, where can people find you? Um, your website, your, you know, all the different programs that you're
1: running, how can people get in contact with you? How can they reach out to you? So um, one of my websites is hotwomencoolsolutions.com. Okay. And if you go to that, there are resources pages on that. There are blogs that I've written But also, um, on the front page, there is a sign-up, and if you go to that, you'll find lots of resources in there to help you to, either with your menopause or with your thinking around starting a new business. There's even some relaxation, um, hypnotic trances in there to help you with some of this stuff. So lots of resources on that website. And if you uh, are interested in knowing more about what I do or if you think that you might like to work with me, if you go to patduckworth.com, you can contact me through that. I do a free half an hour conversation over Skype, so it doesn't matter where in the world that you are. So mm. we can have a chat. I can You can tell me more about what you do and, you know, what's stopping you from doing the next thing. And I, I can tell you whether there's anything I can do to help you, so I always love hearing from women about what the next thing is they're going to do. Right. And now our community
0: um, focuses on women in the pre-startup and startup phase. Obviously, at any age, it doesn't matter what age they are. But we we like to focus on the women who are in the idea stage or who have just launched their business. So, what advice or what takeaway do you have? What takeaways do you have for this woman who's in this this stage of her business?
1: Gosh, I mean, there's all of this stuff that we've just been talking about and really yes. kind of tuning final into your. <laughs> the final word. Oh yes. my goodness. Um, I think that bit that we talked about around values, really think about what's important to you and how you can bring more of that into your business, tap into that stuff. That's, um, you know, is it more important to me to be giving back? Is it about um, helping? Who do I want to help? Or, you know, really understand your values, because they're what's motivating you they're what's going to get you up in the morning uh, when somebody said to me in Delhi how come in seven years you've written four books you've co-written six more you've got product on how have you done all of that mm. And I said I'm motivated it's important to me mm. so think about your motivation it's all around your values it's all around your values. so it's it's essentially everything
0: we've been talking about in in this in this conversation absolutely yeah listen back to this and have a good think around Mm. it that's my big tip (laughs) and I think I think we'll end on that note it's all about your values that's such a a good way to end this conversation it's all about your values and should always remember that So thank you so much, Kat, for joining us. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you again. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. We're so fortunate and grateful to have had some time with you today. I know you're a very busy lady. But thank you so much. And um, to everyone, we hope this podcast has inspired you, encouraged you, or empowered you some way to go out there and start your business. And please do reach out to pat as she's been so gracious to give us all of her information so thank you pat bye for now thank you joanne have a brilliant day and you